When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. I'm about the past, I'm about the future. Welcome back to Draft Vice. I am Walter, and today we are talking about the AFC South. Yes, the South. Yes, the Titans, the Jaguars, the Colts, and the Texans. And yes, I, I you know the Indianapolis Colts, not the Colts, not the Nixium Colt. No, 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 the Colts. Um, yes. So today we are talking about. We'll kick it off right off the top. Uh, the Jaguars, the team that has the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, the team that just hired a new head coach, yes, Mr. Urban Meyer, former head coach of the uh, Ohio State University. Yes, he's won the Natty twice with two different college teams, but can he come to the NFL and bring some of his fantastic magic to the Jacksonville Jaguars? Well, let's see, right? Uh, Urban Meyer decides to walk into a solid situation, tons of cap space, a few extra picks, uh, comes to hang out with Mr. Shotgun, right? He, uh, he goes, hey, listen, I'll quarterback. I'll be the head coach of this team. All right, fine. We're going to let you come in. So what does Urban Meyer do? Let's see how uh, For we have to talk about the head coaching hire, right? Uh, the new GM is Trent Baalke. You might remember him from his time with the 49ers. Uh, he was the GM of the 49ers back when uh, Harbaugh was the head coach there. This could be uh, construed as one of two things, not a good thing, or who knows, maybe we've all learned lessons. Maybe he works well with college head coaches, or the other way around, maybe this could be a total shit show because Baalke was kind of a shit show when he was the GM back in... 49er land maybe he himself was not the shit show though so all right fine maybe bulky's not the problem in comes urban meyer he hires x lions offensive coordinator daryl bevel to be the the oc i kind of like the hire not a bad gig not a bad move i actually kind of like some of the stuff he did with matt stafford up in uh up in detroit so i don't mind the hire uh, to go along with Daryl Bevel, they hire uh, Brian Schottenheimer, Brian Schottenheimer to be the pass game coordinator. Uh, we saw some solid stuff out of Schottenheimer this year, while you know for the first half of the year with uh, with Russell Wilson. Maybe those two NFL offensive coordinator minds uh, can kind of merge, and they kind of actually have similar passing concepts. So. Uh, maybe look to there being a few more deep ball concepts, especially with the players that are on the roster, given the fact that DJ Chark is still here. He's definitely a good deep threat. Um, we will address maybe their wide receiver room in a little bit. Uh, let's just talk a little bit more about the coaching staff. So they got Daryl Bevel. They got Schottenheimer. Defensively, they, uh, they hire Joe Cullen, Ravens defensive line coach, to be the defensive coordinator. This is an interesting hire because I would not say the strength of the Ravens coaching staff was their D-line. not saying he was bad because they definitely developed guys pretty well. We saw Matt Judon. We saw a lot of twists and stunts and blitzing. So it's it's not like we can't see that team, like some translation there. But I would argue that maybe like if I was trying to poach a defense, somebody to be the defensive coordinator off of that team, I would have probably thought defensive backs coaches. Uh, mainly because, again, what they do is a lot of man coverage and a lot of uh, a lot of more utilizing uh, again uh, the 
the corners and be able to play man coverage. But again, maybe because of the blitzing and the, the stunts and the packages that they run, you can maybe make the argument a D-line coach comes along in, could be, you know, maybe take some of that that knowledge that he has with him, says, listen, we're going to play a lot of man coverage anyway. Uh, just get us some good uh, defensive backs coaches, coach up our guys. You're not going to have to teach them a lot of zone because we're going to play very minimal amounts of zone. We will invest heavily in the defensive uh, backfield core, if you will. So, I don't know. This could be interesting. If he's if he's bringing a lot of what the, the Ravens did, I could see this being a very good hire. Uh, both oh, So these three hires I kind of like. Then came along, uh, they also hired Zachary Orr, a former outside linebacker, to be the linebacker's coach. Don't mind that. Solid move, former player. Uh, they hired Kareem Kassam to be the, the senior VP of football operations strategy. That doesn't sound too crazy. Uh, Bob Sutton's going to be their de- uh, senior defensive se- assistant. Uh, they did have a little bit of a, uh, I-, I-, I would say a little bit of a FUBU kind of situation here. Um, there was the former strength and conditioning coach that uh, from Iowa, uh, Chris Doyle, who had to literally resign a day after being hired. That is not really a great thing. And the reason why he had to resign is because the guy was, Maybe a little racist. Maybe put a few players in the hospital. Uh, maybe you know, don't hire a guy. Uh, I don't know. A few months after he had to resign from one job because of a lot of I don't know, very bad negative attention. Uh, players did not like him. P- players players had to call him out to get him fired. Like you usually don't hear of that kind of level of like uh, uh, of uh, players just being like we we can't deal with this anymore not in college that's not a thing in college usually usually a players trying to use the little clout that they have in college to try to get a coach fired this guy was fired because he was a mess so they hired him and fired uh, he they hired him in one day and then a day later he had to resign so we've already seen a little bit of a uh, a, a little bit of a fubu if you will a, a mess up regardless Okay, we all get a mulligan, right? Maybe Urban Meyer learned from his mistake. I don't know. He probably should have been aware of this. He's had his own uh, scandals when he was in college as well. So that's not helpful either. Uh, But let's move beyond that, right? Uh, I'll I'll touch a little bit on whether I think this can be a successful coach grouping. I think he's set up for success, right? The guys who he's hired, I kind of like. They weren't the ones that I would have picked. Uh, but it's not like these are crazy picks. A lot of them were fine outside of the strength and conditioning coach. I honestly think the biggest worry I have is with Balky. Uh, but there's also some signs that everybody's kind of everybody is all following Urban Meyer's vision here. If that's the case, I kind of think we're in the right setup. I don't think they're too far off. Uh, let's touch a little bit on their money situation. $70 million in cap space. That's a lot in this economy. I believe that's number one right now in the NFL. Uh, they did tag Cam Robinson. So that's after tagging Cam Robinson. They have $70 million uh, free for signing. They re-signed guard Tyler Shatley. Um, there has not been any major releases as far as I know. Uh, Andrew Norwell was being shopped. If they cut him, he's $9 million uh, 
dead cap, another uh, he's six million dollars in dead cap, nine million dollars cleared. He is a better pass blocker than he is a run blocker. Maybe they have a couple of eyes on some other guards that are on the market. Trey Turner, Kevin Zeitler, Gabe Jackson, Richie Incognito. I could literally list like five different guards that are on the market right now. Joe Dooney. Maybe they're looking to go after Joe Dooney, get a little bit younger. Yeah, you know, we got this Dooney guy. Hey, hey, he's a Dooney. Hey. Anyway, yeah, maybe they go after Joe Dooney. Um, I, I could see that working for them. It seems... Uh, the price you'd be paying for Dooney is $6 million more than probably what you'd be paying for in Orwell, plus the amount you'd be swallowing in dead cap. So I feel like that's a weird way to build your roster, is to cut one guard to go after another. The only way I could see them cutting Norwell is if they think that they're getting another guy to come in to play guard. That would be an upgrade. Uh, I don't know necessarily how I feel about that. They have a bunch of free agents, right? No, nobody big-named, right? Uh, DJ Hayden's played really well from that slot corner over the years. He's walking away. Uh, Tyler Eifert, Keelan Cole. I think that's the name a lot of people are going to key on is Keelan Cole. He's played really well, he's been, uh, but mostly as a, as a third wide receiver. He's never really been a true star. He's kind of a sleeper free agent prospect that I think a lot of teams are going to be kind of keying in on as maybe like a cheap option, a cheaper solution at wide receiver. Kamali Correa, Sidney Jones came in and played really well for them this year, and I, I'm i shocked they're not re-signing him, but I don't know if he really necessarily fits the scheme. He really, uh, I, I think he maybe would excel maybe in a different system. Uh, was a was actually really much, uh, was really a ball production magnet in college, towards uh, Achilles, went to the Eagles, never really found his way with the Eagles. Um D.D. Uh, Westbrook's a free agent. He's been a guy that's been up and down, too. He, You know, he's a little bit more of slot receiver, has a decent amount of deep speed, has some off-the-field issues, so you might not see him land with too many uh, teams, although his off-the-field issues are now a few years in the past. That's why he fell in the draft to, the, I think, like fourth or fifth round. He had some domestic issues, um, not imported, uh, potentially. So, again, I think that might be, you know, he's kind of on the outs there. Uh, he was a very solid receiver for like his first season or so, but just, it's never really clicked. You know, the quarterback carousel there really didn't help either. And then Josh Jones safety, uh, again, another guy who I think some team is going to go after to kind of fill out their, their safety room, uh, free agent fits. I mean, this team has been tagged as the number one free agent target in free agency because they have money. They have money to spend. Now, should they spend all of it? No, I think they should capitalize on having the money, being the, the number one leader in the market, to having the number one overall pick, having a second first-round pick, having the, the, the excess draft capital that they do, capitalizing on that as well as capitalizing on uh, maybe some free agent targets that they can go after. The number one that I have on my list is actually a quarterback, and it's Alex Smith. He's familiar with Urban Meyer. I'm sure Urban Meyer would trust and respect him. He can kind of be like a player's coach in the room because you're going to probably have your rookie quarterback starting right away. Who's the rookie quarterback? Probably 99% sure it's Trevor Lawrence. I believe the odds are like 10,000 to 1 that it's Trevor Lawrence. So it's Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I, I think that uh, Alex Smith would be a good backup quarterback for that room. 
uh, he gets to go ahead and maybe help in developing a starter. He can make some spot starts along the way if they needed him to. He could even start the year, uh, get bring the the young rookie along. I think that would be the smart move on on Jacksonville's part. You know, Alex doesn't really have to worry about really having to be the true starter. Uh, you know, he's had some health issues over the years. So I think that would be a brilliant move. I mentioned before, if they're shopping Norwell, they're probably looking at one of the guards in the market. Um, that or they are potentially going to trade for somebody or draft somebody relatively high. There are a lot of solid guard prospects in this market. Um, I mentioned before, they actually recently uh, extended a guard, uh, which I believe is McCann. So... I, I I could see them going guard, wide receiver. There was a talk about Allen Robinson going back to to Jacksonville, the team that drafted him and let him go away to the Bears. Uh, he was tagged. I don't know if he's gonna. I I think he might cause. I, I've mentioned this multiple times. I could see him holding out, not signing the tag creating a little bit of a ruckus, not letting them tag and trade him. By the way, when you tag a player, you have to have that that money allocated for that player. So again, $18 million is a lot of money to not be able to use in this market. Um, I don't see them going any more further into the tackle class because they actually franchise tagged uh, Cam Robinson. So I think they might draft somebody at tackle. I do not see them uh, signing a free agent tackle. Uh, there weren't really a lot of options, uh, to be honest. Especially, you know, right tackle Darrell Williams got re-signed by the the Bills. Uh, you know, the there's a couple of tackles out there. Kelvin Beecham's a free agent. You know, if you want to, you know, knock on that door for you know the late stage Kelvin Beecham, uh, Andrew Villanueva. He's uh, Alejandro Villanueva. He's kind of de degraded over the years as well. So it really does feel like they're losing a little. There's not a lot of options out there in free agency to go after tackle. So to them, spending less than $14 million to keep Cam Robinson, maybe you could develop him a little bit more, see where he, you know if he can get a little bit better. And if not, well, you take a flyer in the draft and see what you can get out of all your players altogether. Um, that would also make like again. I, I've taught. I've mentioned this before. Oh, Tyler Shatley was the the guard they they resigned. Uh, with getting rid of Norwell, that would make it harder to develop some new tackle talent, right? Because you're losing your guard. Um, I that offensive line always felt like it should have been a bit better than it ended up playing. Uh, especially because you had Cam Robinson, who at least came out of Alabama looking like he would be a, a, at least minimally a good run def run blocker and potentially a solid pass blocker as well. Um, and he looked good in the beginning. So uh, could they go after some guys in free agency? I, I wouldn't go after Willie. Corner-wise, maybe, sure. You could fill out your corner room, uh, especially if you're going to be a blitz-heavy defense. You, that's probably what you're looking to do. The top end corners in this free agent market, though, are William Jackson III, who is going to be expensive and old. By the time this team is really in the the zone for you know competing, you'd have already spent the money on William Jackson III, and then you're probably not getting the real production out of him past the next year or two. Uh, they could go ahead and try and bring back AJ Boye in free agency. Sound like he wanted out of there anyway. 
Uh, the rookie corner has played pretty solid, not great. Um, he had some good moments, good games on ta uh, tape this year. But overall, probably needs to take a step forward. I don't think you want another rookie corner out there, so I do think maybe they look at corner, especially they're also losing DJ Hayden. Maybe they try to go after uh, a cheaper slot corner option for prospect. Maybe someone like a, a Nickel Roby Coleman, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, uh, again, another Bengals player. Uh, maybe this team is going to value pass rush more, right? They have Josh Allen. They drafted Caleb on Chase on last year. Uh, maybe they go after – I think Dalvin Tomlinson would be a good pickup for them because they kind of do need a, a, a little bit of a hog molly in the middle of that defense who gets a little bit of pass rush. He can go in, play nose tackle, uh, one tech, zero even, if they're depending on what, what way they want to formulate, you know, what their defense is going to call for. Uh, I do know uh, that the Ravens ran a lot of – you know, ran a lot of 3-4, so they did have an, a pure nose in their system, but, you know – that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be doing that. You know, you're going to hopefully if you have the right defensive coordinator, they're going to go ahead and format the defense to fit their players. And again, three, four, four, three is not as much of a big deal as more as what are the defense's responsibilities. If you want a guy who can two gap, but also rush the passer a little bit, Dalvin Tomlinson's a good pickup. That's, I think that's a gold pickup for them. If they get Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, D tackle, get a little bit of push at nose and also still be a very good run stuffer for them. Uh, if they're looking for, a, again, another young guy, but maybe more of a three tech interior rusher guy, Tyler, uh, uh, Shelby Harris's guy from the Denver Broncos. I don't know if he leaves the Denver Broncos. They seem to like him. He was willing to take a cheap deal to stay there last year. He might be willing to stay again. They might finally come up with a long-term deal for him. He's been very good for them multiple years in a row. Uh, Defensive line, I could see the interior. They, they, I could definitely see them attacking. Uh, if they're looking for a little bit older guys, I, I think they should stay away from the older guys, right? Older guys in free agency for this team are probably not the best situation for them, um, because again, you're you're dealing with the issues of, well, what happens when this team's finally all ready to go? Are we, you know? And I don't think they should spend the whole kit and caboodle this year. That totally makes sense. Um, this would be a good team to go after Kenny Galladay. You'd have Kenny Galladay, DJ Shark. You'd have guys. You, you, you'd have them pay, being able to really scare defenses because you'd have two really good receivers for your rookie quarterback to throw to uh, deep down the field. Uh, if they're looking to get a little bit of speed, Will Fuller probably constantly getting mentioned. Curtis Samuel's a guy who you know again younger uh, has started developing as a wide receiver. Again, another speed guy. You'd be adding a lot of speed to that offense between DJ Chark and Curtis Samuel or Kenny Galladay, who's again, another, and not a speed, speed guy, but definitely has a decent amount of long speed, but could also become a really big disaster to have to deal with. Um, I didn't mention this in other shows before, but Cam Hayward recently got released of the chargers. He might be a scheme fit and be a good one, two to their, their defense. Jason Verrett, Another former Charger who's leaving, who potentially leaving the 49ers. I've mentioned him a couple of times on some shows. He's another guy. If they're looking to play a lot of man coverage, uh, he's a little bit older. Both these guys are a little bit older, but they might be better scheme fits to help bring along what the what Jacksonville might want to do on the back end, especially with all that money. These guys are probably not going to be eating up all that cap space. They are a little bit older, but it allow you also to bring along a couple of younger defensive players. Um. Uh, they might want to look at safety. 
Uh, Josh Johnson the third out of uh, the LA Rams, he might be a solid fit for safety. They they do probably need to look at that. I know they they trade away Ronnie Harrison last year. They all, like I said before, they're losing Josh Jones. Um, uh, maybe they look. There's not really anybody leaving the Baltimore Ravens that I could see them maybe trying to poach. Um, Kenny Vaccaro got released by the Titans. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Maybe that's somebody they they go after in free agency. I do see them going after safety in free agency. The safety market got a little bit depressed when multiple safeties got hit with the franchise tag in Simmons and in Marcus May and in Marcus Williams. Uh, guys, you know, Sheldon Rankins, another a, a guy who could play three-tech, come in. And because again, I think the interior of their defensive line needs a lot more work than the than the edge rushers. Um, although again, like it's not like Caleb on Chase on lit up the world. Josh Allen's played really well in moments, so maybe they get the the most out of those two guys. I think they got to look at potentially bulking up on the interior. Uh, that would be my target rate as far as what to do, as well as safety. Uh, maybe get a, like I said before, a couple older, you know, a couple of guys who could play man coverage on the corners because I believe that is what I think they will do is they will try to utilize man coverage corners and blitzing, and especially when you already have good pass rushers like a Josh Allen, getting them one on one and creating and being able to cover in man coverage, you would just instantaneously turn that defense into something gold, and with a rookie. QB coming in and a lot of saved money and a lot of assets and being able to draft and develop guys, you would probably have a legit defense along with a, a solid offense as well as getting to develop your rookie quarterback. I I think that would probably be the best way to go for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's let's move beyond that. Um, we will see come this week who they go after, who they decide to sign. They have a lot of money. Uh, a team that. Uh, doesn't have a lot of money in the same division. Uh, lost their offensive coordinators. Now the head coach of the Falcons. Yes, I'm talking about the Tennessee Titans. Mike Vrabel gets to the playoffs again. Uh, he, Todd Downing got promoted to offensive coordinator. Shane Bowen's been promoted to defensive coordinator uh, because the and then they have about 17 million dollars in cap space. Part of that's because they released Kenny Vaccaro and Malcolm Butler and Adam Humphreys, so that cleared up a lot of space. I was a little shocked they released Malcolm Butler, but he is getting a little bit older. Another guy, maybe the Jaguars look at. We'll see how that works out. Um, the good thing with the Jaguars is they're in Florida. I know I'm touching back to the Jaguars, but again, that they're a team that's going to be. We're going to hear about the Jaguars anytime there's somebody who's a free agent that comes available because they are going to be heavy buyers in free agency. Uh, they, this is the team we talked about it a little bit on another show. They are the ones who traded away their first round pick from last year because it just did not work out. Isaiah Wilson, right tackle. He played, I think three snaps for them this year. Might've been a little overdrafted. Probably should have went a little bit later in the second round was probably not a top 50 player. Um, but he was, I, I still thought he had potential. I thought he looked really good depending on what you were trying to run. Didn't really matter. They didn't even get him on the field. He had more off field issues than it was on, on field issues. So they trade him to Miami for a, a swap of seventh rounders. It sounded like they just wanted to get him out of the room, try to save face, cut their losses. Totally understand that. Um, they really don't have many other cut candidates, which means they're probably not going to be big buyers in free agency. They were spoken of like they were going to be big buyers, especially with uh, J.J. Watt. 
Uh, and again, like, listen, we saw the way the, the the Cardinals structured that contract. Anybody can be a big buyer in free agency if they find the right player, um, even in this free agency, uh, depending on how willful your team is to give out a lot of cash. To, to Who's willing to give out a lot of guarantees and, and spend cash? Uh, the only guy I could really see them cutting is maybe Ben Jones, but Ben Jones has played well for him. I can't see them getting rid of him. I could see them finding his replacement in the draft this year and then eventually moving on from him. I just can't see them uh, cutting him. They also have a lot of pending free agents. Jayon Brown, who was injured this year, coming you know coming back from injury, he's played really well in coverage for them. It's been a solid co- coverage linebacker, not the best run defender at linebacker. Um, Corey Davis former top 10 pick he's walking in free agency he's developed a lot over the years like I said he's he's now more become we're kind of getting an idea of what Corey Davis is and he really hasn't hit the ceiling that everybody thought he would as a top 10 pick but he's actually become a really good player uh they already we mentioned before they released Humphreys and Butler Goskowski's a free agent Jadavian Clowney, a uh, guy who they signed last year for $13 million, didn't really do much for them. I could see them coming to terms on a deal to bring him back. Uh, he didn't really do much for him because he was also injured quite a bit. And, again, trying to bring him back to be their, their starter would be a big deal um, because they just couldn't get any kind of edge rush. Maybe they go a different way in a, for an edge rusher. Maybe they try to pay in free agency, go after a Carl Lawson, an Aquara, a Trey Hendrickson, somebody to add to that edge rush because they really couldn't pressure the quarterback. Um, Tyson Brelo's leaving. Desmond King, a guy who they traded for midseason uh, for a sixth-round pick, he's leaving. He really didn't pan out well too much for them because, again, midseason trade like depends on how you want to utilize a guy. But especially defensive back, that's a really hard transition mid-year. And then Jonu Smith, a guy who is a big offensive weapon for them, he's leaving as well in free agency. They couldn't come to a deal. They didn't tag him. Um, And now they have $17 million to play with, which really means they have about 11 that they might be able to use in free agency. Maybe they take a couple of flyers. Um, Corner's a big problem for them. They might be able to take a flyer at corner. Now that they released Malcolm Butler and freed up about – 10 million dollars maybe they go ahead and spend a little bit of that 10 million on maybe a depth corner because they did draft uh Fulton last year they really didn't get much use at all out of uh Adoree Jackson he was injured for most of the year and really didn't play for them which is sad because he's been amazing for them over the years so he's coming back uh edge rush is a big problem for him Harold Landry didn't look amazing for them last year he was in prior years pretty solid um he was a second round pick he's also you know he's had injury issues as well uh Jeffrey Simmons has been maybe the uh, uh, one of the better parts of their defensive line they traded well Jarrell Casey last year he seems to have replaced Jarrell Casey fine but you also need someone else other than your defensive lineman getting pressure and they had like I think they they were one of the worst in the league at getting sacks and that's that's a team stat sacks i think it's it's more of one of those things that is your coverage working for you is your defensive line being able to pressure or your defensive linemen and your edge rushers able to 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 close out because like you could have one really good edge rusher well that's great you could just like evacuate the pocket go to the other direction get, uh, put help towards that one direction so it's starting to look like there's probably a better idea of sacks or more of a team stat when a defense gets them not just the individual player uh the Titans overall, again, they've been a solid playoff team. Uh, they've been running the ball well. Tannehill's been good for them. 
Draft-wise, I think they're going to address receiver. I think they've got to. I think they'll address edge rusher as well. They've got to. Um, they've got to kind of reclam- like get some kind of reclamation on what they've lost last year because they didn't really get much out of their, their draftees last year. I think Fulton they'll get a little bit out of. I think he'll eventually develop into a good player. Uh, edge rusher, you know, like an Aziz Ojolari, a Joseph Osai, uh, Jason Owe, you know, you're going to hear a lot of these names thrown out there for different teams. Uh, Osai and Ojolari are probably the better fits for that team. Uh, guys who could fit the, the three, four outside linebacker. Although again, I think the difference between three, four outside linebacker and four, three end are changing. It's not gone, but I think some of the duties are changing over the years. Really the question comes down to how, what what are your duties in run defense and what are your duties in coverage? How often are you have to will you have to be able to drop back? I think Osai would be a solid pickup for them, you know, depending on where you're necessarily drafting for them. You know, because again, player uh, teams do trade back sometimes. So just because they're drafting in the late twenties doesn't mean they're going to be drafting in the late twenties. Uh, in corner, I think they'll definitely draft corner because again, you can never in this. In the NFL, you can never have too many corners. Uh, we'll move beyond the Titans. There's not much else to say. Offensively, they just need to get receivers. I think that's another thing. Again, even t- you know, they might even want to look at tight end Pat Fryermuth. Uh, you know, if they're looking for a guy to literally replace Jonu Smith, Revan Jordan looks a lot like Jonu Smith on film. Uh, Hunter Long is a guy who kind of looks a little bit more like uh, like a, a Hooper kind of player like a bit more Gary Barnage lumbering kind of white dude that's gonna be oh I'm gonna catch the ball and I'm gonna run but like a solid player you know a kiddo-esque kind of player if you will I I I don't know how like it's kind of hard sometimes in college to gauge how truly athletic Hunter Long was utilized a lot it just kind of reminds me a lot of Austin Hooper um let's go to the Colts Right? Not the Colts. The Colts. This isn't Nixon. This is Indianapolis. Right? $48 million. Uh, we have to talk about it. Carson Wentz trade there for a third-round pick this year, a second-round pick that uh, could become a first-round pick next year if he plays at least 70% of snaps. That's very likely. So, essentially, they trade a future first-round pick for Carson Wentz unless they bench him mid-year and he just doesn't play enough snaps. Um they could free up another nine million, nine to ten million, in, in Kenny Moore and Jack Doyle. I think they like Kenny Moore, so I think they'll keep him. Uh, Jack Doyle, I could see them cutting because Jack Doyle's an okay player, solid but not greatest. Depends on what they do at tight end. They've often been mentioned as a team potentially trading for Zach Ertz as well as when they were trading for Carson Wentz. Uh, they lose Philip Rivers. They get Carson Wentz. Uh, there's not a, there are some free agents that are leaving. T.Y. Hilton, Jacoby Brissett, Xavier Rhodes, Marlon Mack. Uh, Marlon Mack's coming off the Achilles injury. Jacoby Brissett's been a solid backup for them. They even tried him as the star. It didn't really work. T.Y. Hilton feels like the stalwart that's been there the whole time. I uh, was there since Andrew Luck was drafted. Now he's potentially going to be walking in free agency. Feels like it's just like feels like he is the identity of that team. And now that he's going to be gone. I'm going to be very sad um, for the Colts. Maybe he'll go somewhere where he actually can, you know, go win a ring since, you know, Andrew Luck left. Uh, he would be a good fit if they brought him back 
for Carson Wentz. He's very good at getting separation. I mean, t- at the end of the year, he came back on really strong. The beginning of the year, he had kind of a slow start, but at the end, it, it feels like the same thing would happen at least the first year back with the Colts. So, I don't know. Maybe he goes to a team where he's more of a reserve kind of guy, a third wide receiver. Uh, TJ Carey, one year deal, came in, played really well for them. Same thing with uh, Xavier Rhodes, came in on a one year deal, played really well. Malik Hooker, former first round pick, he's gone. Uh, it didn't really seem like they wanted him back. They didn't pick up his fifth year option. He's had a lot of injury issues. Really hasn't fit the defense. Uh, Danico Autry has been a, a role player for them. Justin Houston uh, was a was a free agent fine that was cheap and then they extended him and now he's back onto being a free agent again. Uh, he had, he took a little bit of a step back this year, so. They, they're losing a lot of guys, but they seem to always kind of fluctuate and bring in some new talent, and they draft solidly. Um, Blackman played really well for them last year. Uh, uh, they traded for DeForest Buckner. He's played really well for them, been a very important piece on that defense. Uh, I could see them going edge rusher. I know they were rumored to be in the J.J. Watt sweepstakes. I'm not quite sure I believe that as much. I know a lot of people who cover the Titans, uh, cover the Colts, uh, including a one Mr. Pat McAfee had said that he's kind of like at least not anywhere near the contract offer that was given to him from the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, Pat McAfee has kind of denied that rumor. He has his sources uh, as well as Stephen Holder, who writes for The Athletic. He's denied that as well. He said his sources said they might not even he, he's, he even suggested they might not even been in the running for him. They might not even been interested given the cost of the contract and the age. Um, because even if you're going to take a shot on an older flyer, you don't want to be spending a giant chunk of salary cap, especially in this kind of a year. Uh, just because you have the money doesn't mean you want to spend the money, right? And the Colts have been very frugal like that. Uh, so I, you know, especially the 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 rumors out there that they were willing to spend more than the Arizona Cardinals that seemed a little fishy, especially when it comes down. To, and then Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports has also denied that as well. Uh, outside of that, right? Jonathan Taylor, we saw him have hit or miss moments last year. Started to come on towards the end of the year last year. Naeem Hines has still been a very good role player for them. Uh, Michael Pittman, I saw a lot that I liked from Michael Pittman. Uh, We have to see him develop a little bit more, but, man, he could take a step forward in year two. That would be kind of interesting to see. Um, The issue comes with Carson Wentz and can they fix him. I will have a guy on next week who is a – a, an Eagles fan, and I, we will be talking about him. We will be talking at length because he's also in the Colts area. So we will be talking quite at length about this situation. Uh, one of the issues with Carson Wentz has been coachability and willingness to throw at certain routes. For instance, crossing routes, he got very skittish on. Uh, the lost athleticism from the ACL and the protecting of him. And I, there's been a lot of questions as can he bounce back? It's going to be a lot of quick game, a lot of RPO. Um, they do need some speed at receiver. You know, like, honestly, I would just remember he – and honestly, like, I think there's been a little bit too much blown about Carson Wentz, right? Carson Wentz last year played – in 2019 played really well for a guy who had literally nothing around him at wide receiver. And offensive line was playing solid, but you just couldn't throw to anybody. Nobody was getting open. The guys who would go, like, they had a lot of problems. He literally had, like, three tight ends, and that was it when he was, you know, in 2019. 2020 comes along. They barely even had that. Ertz takes a step back. 
Goddard gets hurt for a little bit. The wide receiving core is even worse this year than it was last year. They draft a quarterback instead of getting more protection. Half the all, And then the worst part happened, half the offensive line was injured, like, all the time. Uh, it, it didn't matter, you know, whether it was Lane Johnson or Andre Dillard, who was supposed to be starting at left tackle. Uh, they had Mylotta in there at points. Brandon Brooks tore his Achilles over the summer. That didn't help. They, they were literally oozing and oozing more and more talented players, and they just didn't have anybody around him on offense. He was taking sacks left and right. They were getting beaten by everybody. And, and again, I, I think it just started leading to a snowball effect where they kind of broke Carson Wentz. Um, there is some truth to the fact that he won't throw it across. He seems to be a little bit of avoidance of crossing routes sometimes. The short area accuracy has not been the greatest. He's really been better as a deep ball thrower. Um, but can that get fixed? I think it can. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things of how much was it in your offense? How much was it assumed? How much was this run in practice? What are you trying to get better at? Um, and again, Frank Reich knows him the best probably of anybody who's not in Philadelphia. So we will probably see maybe a step back to normalcy for Wentz. Uh, we heard a bit about John Brown being interested in going to the Colts. I think that would be a great option for Carson Wentz, especially if you're trying to get him back to throwing the deep ball, a guy who is a speed option who you know, you're know you trying to look to throw deep down the field. If you're losing T.Y. Hilton, getting John Brown at maybe a cheaper rate might be a smart move. Uh, even if they brought both of those guys back in, I think that's better than nothing. Um uh, again, I think the the Colts they also have to figure out their left tackle situation. Uh Costanzo retires this year, had dealt with a bunch of injuries. Uh they did get Valdir for a little bit to be their left tackle. Uh they, they were constantly kind of cycling in the left tackle situation. They definitely need to look at left tackle in this draft and in free agency. Clearly, you know, Trent Williams has been mentioned. That would be the high-end hope if you are the Colts to get Trent Williams because but you'd probably have to sign him to a 18, 19, 20 million dollar deal to get Trent Williams and they probably don't want to pay 18, 19, 20 million for a left tackle. They might look at especially when you have Quentin Nelson who's going to be coming up on contract soon. They might be looking more at the idea of draft a guy and sign a guy, right? Sign somebody like a Kelvin Beecham and Andrew Villanueva. Uh, somebody who's going in free agency. Riley Reef just got released by the Minnesota Vikings. So somebody who's in free agency who could be a solid starter at left tackle, put them there, and then draft somebody in this draft. You know, where they are drafting, if they're lucky they get a Christian Slater or a Derisaw. Um, Veritaka technically could play left tackle. It's not like he, he did play tackle this year, even though, he, you know, people typically think of him as a guard. Uh, Leatherwood's been mentioned. He's an okay, solid starter. Liam Eichenberg of Notre Dame. You get him, you know, another Notre Dame guy. If you like the Notre Dame guys, I like Notre Dame. I like the Notre Dame offensive linemen that come out. Get another Notre Dame guy. Liam Eichenberg gets to hang out with Quentin Nelson and gets to say, oh, we got more Notre Dame guys here. So that could be a, a method of fixing the left tackle position. Um, trying to think of anybody else who might be, you know, Samuel Cosme has been a name that's mentioned. If you want to go a little bit later in the draft, maybe a Jalen Mayfield. I really wouldn't want to have to start Brady Christensen. I think he's more of a depth starter, depth borderline starter guy, not a guy you want to be starting right now, right off the bat. That's a BYU guy. Um, he's more of a later depth dude. 
outside of those guys, uh, I, you know, trading for a tackle, you know, Marcus Cannon becomes available. Maybe they try him at left tackle. Uh, but outside, I really think the best move for them would be to sign Riley Reef in free agency and then draft a guy in the first round. Go for it. Try to build out your roster. Draft wide receivers and tie, a tackle and, and just try to build out depth. And then, you know, like third round address corner, uh, edge rusher, things like that. Because I think you really have to see if you have something in Carson Wentz or not. And they've been able to get by with solid play at – at edge, you know, they'll be able to attack edge rusher in free agency, maybe go for a Romeo Cora. Think I, I some think will be a little bit of a cheaper option than Carl Lawson or Trey Hendrickson. Um, I wouldn't be overly eager to go after the Bud Dupree's and Matt Judon's of the world. That's just me. A uh, couple of other options outside of that uh, corner, like they've had guys that they brought in. Maybe they look at Shaq Griffin. Uh, they don't really seem to want to spend a lot at corner. They seem to want to draft big, long, tall guys. So maybe they'll look at Obi Malafonu, Effetu Malafonu out of Syracuse, Trill Williams, again, another tall guy out of Syracuse, played mostly slot uh, and all over the place. Uh, they might look at safety again because I feel like in this day and age, you can never have too many safeties. Darius Lenders played really well for them. Okariki's look like, looking like a solid draft pick at well, a guy who they got in the third round a few years ago. Uh, I don't see them re-signing Hooker. The the guys who I think they could be most likely to re-sign, Xavier Rhodes. Um, I could see them going after Dietrich Wise, who's a Patriots guy. Maybe grab him in free agency. Justin Houston depends on the the cost of the contract. I think they'd be okay with bringing him back. I don't think he'd be super happy um, because he definitely took a little bit of a step back. Uh, if D Ford became available, I could see you know the connection between Ballard and all that. So that might be another dude that they go after. And in the draft, like I said multiple times on this show, there's a lot of interesting guys in the draft for edge rusher. If they're not going edge rusher early, if they're if they're not going tackle early, you know, in the first two rounds, there's going to probably be somebody there who could take for edge rusher. Uh, outside of that, I mean, it's going to be an interesting free agency if you uh, for for the Colts because I do think it. I do think this is one of those free agency classes that will matter for them, and they can take advantage of the depth of this free agency class and being buyers in it. The last team, the the the, the trash team, the shit show team, if you will, the, the Houston Texans uh, potentially losing their, their quarterback, that their franchise quarterback, because the, they decided it's better to be run by a preacher than by somebody who might know how to actually run a football team. Uh, they signed David Culley to be the head coach. Uh, Pep Hamilton's going to be there as a as a QB coach. I, I actually don't mind that maneuver a little bit. Um, I I don't hate what the Texans are doing. I just don't believe that it's going to be successful. They you know Nick Casario is the new GM, formerly of the Patriots. Uh, they released JJ Watt. They released Nick Martin. They released Duke Johnson. That cleared up a bunch of cap space. They restructured Brandon Cooks and David Johnson. That cleared up some more cap space. And what do they do? They signed Vernon Hargraves, Mark Ingram, Christian Kirksey. Uh, Mark Ingram's the one that's kind of confusing because basically all the money they saved on the restructure of David Johnson, they basically spent on Mark Ingram. So now they have two aging running backs who are not playing as well as they used to play. Uh, could have just kept Duke Johnson at that rate, probably. Uh, Brandon Cooks, I kind of like the idea of restructuring him, keeping him there cheaper. 
Uh, he was a $12 million cap hit. I think they got $6 million off of his deal. That's not bad, considering he's a very talented receiver to want to stay and want to be there and not want to get traded. He did mention he didn't want to get traded again. So to be willing to work on his contract that much and stay, I think that's a good sign. That's the first good sign I've seen come out of the Texans, though, this offseason. They let J.J. Watt go. We talked about the rat race for J.J. Watt. Um, I did mention previously on a short video on one of the draft vice minutes that I thought they probably given the price that he ended up signing for or was going to possibly sign for maybe they could have worked out a deal with another team uh, where they could have ate some of his unguaranteed non-guaranteed salary as a as a signing bonus or as a roster bonus and then trade him to another team so for instance eating seven million and trading to a team that would you know give them a third round pick they'd pay him the, the new team would pay him a 10 million dollar salary they'd eat seven million dollars of his salary with the texans and then they'd be getting a third round pick in return that seemed like a very fungible option they didn't do that they still have a few guys they could release a couple of the linebackers there um whitney merciless they could technically release i don't know if they're eager in doing that um i i I think their plan is to, to kind of play out this year. And Xavier McKinney, uh, is it, is it, is it, uh, Benardrick McKinney, it's not, not Xavier McKinney, but Benardrick McKinney, another option for them to release. Uh, that would clear up a little bit more space. I'm actually shocked that he wasn't one of the first ones to get released because that would clear up about another $8 million in cap space. Um, they do have Will Fuller and Gary and Conley as pending free agents as well. I don't see either of those guys coming back. Gary and Conley is dealing with an injury. He did stay with them. You know, he got traded to them a couple of years ago. Really hasn't panned out on their team. Uh, they're probably putting in a new scheme and a new system. He had dealt with some injuries this year, didn't even play this year. I could see him going, wanting to be closer to home or going, you know, maybe go to Cincinnati if they would take him cheap or, Ohio, you know, the Browns back in Ohio. To, to go back to where he's from. Maybe he would go to another team that's looking to run more, a more man-coverage-style scheme. Uh, the Patriots, they've always been interested in taking you know guys like that. Will Fuller will get a contract. We'll get a good contract. We'll get a big contract. I don't know if they're going to, you know, they're not extending him. They didn't tag him. So he's going to go somewhere else. He is starting out the year with two, uh, I think, two games suspended. So that's going to be a big deal for whatever team ends up signing him but i still think he gets a solid contract because again he's a, he's a great speed receiver he can get down the field really quick and somebody's going to sign him and he can be a difference maker on a team so uh i i, I guess i said before i've talked consistently on other shows about the jj watts situation and about the deshaun watson situation i'll talk a little bit about it i think this is the opportunity for them to get a lot for deshaun watson i could totally see not doing it I could totally see the the GM afraid that he is gonna, you know, his first move there is to trade away the franchise quarterback. If there is a shot in hell that you were gonna get him to come back, maybe he's looking at it going like, especially the the owner Cal McNair, they you know the, that ownership has been, you know, even like his father. They they might be like, listen, we will make him hold out. We will find him. We will make sure that he's not seeing a dime of that money, and we will continue to recoup whatever we ended up paying for him on the new contract. Because keep in mind, he just signed an extension a few months ago. So this isn't like he signed an extension two years ago, and now he's regretting it. This is an extension he signed back in September. Uh, Bill O'Brien was still there, but still, like, 
I get where both sides are coming from. I don't think Deshaun Watson wants to leave because he's a douchebag, right? He's not. Deshaun Watson wants to leave because he sees a toxicity as far as that building. He's seeing, you know, you know, he saw his head coach kind of get overrun from behind. He saw a toxicity in that building with the the owner and the uh, and Jack Easterby and a couple of the other people involved. He saw, you know, the owner coming to him and saying, we're going to keep you involved in part of the head coaching and GM search and then hiring somebody that, that was con- completely contrarian to what the, uh, the, the search firm told them to hire. The search firm told them to hire uh, a VP of personnel, Omar, uh, I can't remember the last name, out of the Steelers organization, which, believe me, as a Browns fan, I would have totally loved them not to hire somebody out of the Steelers organization and giving them two extra third-round picks for the next two years. But I still, under, like, I would have went with it. I would have hired the guy who was in the Steelers organization, was part of a successful organization. Um, and, and again, so they didn't go that route. They didn't go with the suggestion. Instead, they went with Nick Casario, formerly of the New England Patriots. They worked out that deal, brought him over, and now he's leading the charge. And what it looks like right now is that they are rebuilding this team. I think they said, you know what? Fine. Deshaun, you don't want to show up for next year? We're going to suck anyway. So we're going to go ahead and let our free agents walk like Will Fuller. We're going to trade away guys. We're going to cut guys. We're going to try and clear as much cap space off the roster. And then next year, we will have potentially a top five pick. We'll go ahead and take a quarterback. Cully, who's the new head coach, he's even kind of signaled that they might be trading away Deshaun Watson. Um, cause he, he mentioned, you know, he was on a podcast the other day and he said, Deshaun Watson's our quarterback right now. Then somebody got to him and he had a press conference and basically within that time frame, it sounded like he kind of misspoke about mentioning that, oh yeah, we are, you know, he's our quarterback for right now. Um, regardless, I, I see this ending badly for the Texans either way, because even if you get a haul for him and you should absolutely get a haul for Deshaun Watson. And it's probably going to be to either the Miami Dolphins or the Jets. And honestly, it should be either one of those two. And it should be either one of those two as quickly as possible. If you can't do one of those two because you don't think you're going to get the haul you can, then I guess maybe do it with the Panthers. The Nobody can offer more to you than the Miami Dolphins, right? They can offer you multiple first-round picks, and it wouldn't hurt their team. They can offer you a defensive player in Xavier Howard. They can offer you another quarterback in return as part of the deal into a tag of Iloa. That is a lot to offer, right? It it would hurt them a little bit, but it wouldn't break them, right? Very few teams can offer anywhere near that. Offering the third overall pick, that's a lot. Um, The team that can offer the second most, we talked about before, the Jets. They have the number two overall pick. Douglas sounds not overly excited to do such a thing. They have two first round. They have two extra first round picks over the next two years because of the Seattle trade. So they have a first round pick this year from Seattle and next year. Uh, that gives them a lot of options as well. You know, they could trade away both the Seattle picks or their own future first round pick as well. So they could trade four first round picks for Deshaun Watson, including the number two overall pick, and it still wouldn't really hurt them because again, the Jets have a ton of money in cap space. And if you heard with Harry, what they could still do to be able to fix that roster with the free agent capital, especially this year, and the name with Deshaun Watson and what they could do, they could totally revamp that roster in one year to make them a super competitive roster with Deshaun Watson with a solid defense, if not a even better defense, because they played relatively well on defense last year. Um, 
with a lot of really good players on it. They'd be getting back a few players as well, the Jets. So I, I, I could definitely see that happening. Uh, they probably want a player in return as well. You know, they could trade them Sam Darnold or whatever pick they get for Sam Darnold. Uh, that would also give them another quarterback on the roster to help replace Deshaun Watson. I Listen, if you're the Texans, it's potentially – there's no such thing as could, that could possibly be enough, right? Uh, you, you, you know – Marcus May got tagged. Marcus May could have been could be part of that deal if they were to trade for Deshaun Watson, because again he got franchise tagged. If he signs the tag, ten million dollars isn't a lot for a safety. They already have a solid free safety, but again, May is very versatile. So to get, you know, to to get him down there with Reed and I, I think you'd have two safeties that are really good there, and Justin Reed and Marcus May that could help build a defense down there that I think would be really solid. Uh, outside of that, oh, I don't know. Coley feels like the guy who's kind of being set up to fail. I feel bad for him, but hey, listen, you're getting, you know, crazy money to come be a head coach. I think it's a good deal. Uh, I, to know that you are potentially going to be losing your franchise quarterback. I think that's a big deal. Um, the team needs talent all across the roster. They could absolutely look into rebuilding right now and trading away Deshaun Watson and the the best options on the table for them are the top two Jets and Miami the third option the dark horse option the one I mentioned with Harry the other day were the Carolina Panthers and the reason why I think the Carolina Panthers make an intriguing option is because they can offer three first round picks right they are probably the most eager team to go ahead and say listen we have the wide receivers of the future. We have uh, two really good ones in DJ Moore, and we really do like uh, Robbie Anderson. Uh, they tagged Moton, so they'd have a right tackle. They, they have Matt Paradise there to be the center. Uh, defensively, they got Brian Burns. They have a, a few guys there, Uta Gross Matos, Jeremy Chin. Uh, they could offer three first-round picks and a couple of second-round picks and Teddy Bridgewater and Christian McCaffrey and maybe even Jeremy Chin, and it still probably would not hurt them too much. It would hurt. It absolutely wouldn't be tasty. But you'd be able to get multiple firsts and multiple seconds, and probably, and the key thing for the Texans is a one two years from now. Not just next year, but two years from now. That's a game changer. That's a. I think that does change quite a bit for the, for the Texans in, in reformatting this roster. I don't even know if I'm the Texans that I would want Christian McCaffrey, but he would be at least a solid player. And if you're getting McCaffrey along with Bridgewater to come down, uh, you know, you have David Johnson on a cheap deal. I wouldn't even want McCaffrey if I'm them. I would want a defensive player. Uh, defensively, like I said before, they have Jeremy Chin. He could probably be a solid trade candidate, but again, he's kind of more of a safety linebacker hybrid uh, Utrecht Gross Matos, Derek Brown, those guys have been okay. Brian Burns, are they really going to trade Brian? You know, trading away Brian Burns might be fine. I wouldn't be overly eager to do it. It would give the Texans some talent in addition. Um, and I wouldn't be excited to be starting Teddy Bridgewater, but it's better than nothing. So, uh, they did re-sign Vernon Hargraves. I mentioned that before. He, uh, listen, if you're getting somebody on a cheap deal, you're getting somebody on a cheap deal to be a corner. That's how it is. 
Uh, they do have Bradley Roby. He's played pretty well for them. He's pretty much the only defensive back that's played well for them in this time frame. So getting, you know, keeping him, I actually thought he was a potential cut candidate at one point. Uh, overall, this roster probably needs a little bit more revamping. And I could see them clearing out more space. I was a little shocked they cut Nick Martin, but at this point, it got them more space. And that's kind of the deal. I think they are in rebuild mode. They are going to try and find every which way. You know, if you look at the guys, they're already signing guys who are even cut candidates. Mark Ingram, Kirksey. Guys who are not going to count against the pick formula because they're going to probably get a first-round pick. And not for, they're probably going to get a third or a fourth-round pick for Will Fuller's contract. So, I... Listen, I the Texans are a mess. Is there a way to fix the mess? Sure. Absolutely. Can they get Sean Watts back? Maybe. Maybe after finding him a couple of times, he comes back. Maybe when he sees the plan, maybe after sitting out a year, he comes back and says, fine, I want to play football. Uh, it, I don't think this game of chicken could end well any which way it goes. Um, I get I get it from the point of the goose. I get it from the point of the the, the fox. I wouldn't want the guy who I just paid a giant extension to to be walking and having to trade him away. Um, and I'd be demanding that he goes ahead and try to give me back a signing bonus at some point and maybe pay me back. And then maybe I'd find it more palatable to trade him, right? On the other end, I could totally see the point of view from Deshaun Watson. I am tired of seeing this team horribly mismanaged. I don't even think necessarily it's the players. It's just how it's all been handled and how it's been handled for years and how this ownership has handled this team so believe me i totally get it from both sides i i feel bad for the fans of the team because it feels like it's really been a huge setback for them at the end of the day you can only do what's you can only make the moves that are in front of you and with that being said if you want follow the podcast at draft vice on twitter at draft vice underscore football on instagram you can follow me at brojo death is in the end of life punch a delicious drink you drink of the summer and you could like follow subscribe share it with your mama share it with your cousins hang out watch listen subscribe again uh check it out TikTok, all the fun shit and uh thank you and uh we will be back in home when i woke up this morning i was feeling pretty dangerous